Hey, hey, this is Mark Thompson, narrator of a bunch of the Star Wars audiobooks, and you are listening to The Living Force. May the Force be with you. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. This is the way. A UTV Podcast Network production. Oh, there you are. Episode 181, Andor and the Disney Plus Timeline. They're so proud of themselves. So fat and satisfied. On this episode, Andor has its red carpet premiere. That's what a reckoning sounds like. New Patreons have joined the cause. I was beginning to think you weren't coming. And the Utini crew talks about the timeline of Star Wars Disney Plus projects. This is the way. And now, here are your hosts. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Hello, everyone! Welcome to the Living Force, the UTD Network podcast, all about Star Wars books and TV shows, if it keeps going this way. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to dive into the Disney Plus timeline are the three best guys ever to do it. Starting off, we have back from his beach vacation, nay, still on his beach vacation, it's new pool hat wearing Dr. Corey Hilton. That What's up, is man? right. Hello. Hello. You like my new pool hat? It's kind of massive. It's like one it's of the incredible. largest hats I've ever seen. I didn't realize it was quite this big, but the camera kind of makes it look look bigger. But look at it. It's got like flowers underneath it. Wow. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I've totally the embraced camera... the pool hat in Hawaii. The camera adds 10 pounds. It just it added does. them all to your head. Yeah, <laughs> they look amazing. 10-gallon hat. Yeah, yeah. Like and you got yeah, your, uh, um, your guy in the background there too. You're you're a hula yeah, dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a surfer. This, uh, this hula dancer lamp behind me. Let me take this off. It's kind of itchy uh, on, this, on this camera. Yeah, I got my hula dancer uh, lamp back there. We are we did two weeks on Maui, and now we're on uh, Kauai. Um, it's a little bit northwest, I guess, of Maui, and uh, the Garden Isle is what they call it, and it's much Ooh. more. Lush and tropical, at least what we saw driving in. We just got here yesterday, and uh, it's a little more chill on this this island than it was on Maui. Maui's pretty commercial, a lot of tourists, it's a lot of traffic, and this is much more kind of laid back and that sort of thing. Lilo and Stitch was set on uh, Kauai, just for the record. Should have led with uh, that. I know, I know. <laughs> Ohana uh, means family, my guy. That's right. We, we watched the movie the other night to kind of uh, oh my God, put us in really? the mood to go, yeah, yeah, to put us in the mood for the next island. <laughs> oh. And, uh, it was fun. We had a good morning. We did the uh, – there's a trail. We hiked this morning about a three-mile trail, the Mahu'ulepu Heritage Trail to Shipwreck Beach, which is a mouthful. Wow. And, Sounds like you uh, practiced that. That's I awesome. I had, to, I had to practice it. <laughs> I'm trying to get better at, at pronouncing the names. You know, it feels – I will say, <laughs> as a white man visiting as a colonizer to Hawaii, it feels like – you should really have to take an extra effort to like be respectful and try to pronounce yeah, things. So sure. I feel I feel so bad every time I have to like ask somebody about a location because I just there are so many vowels in the Hawaiian <laughs> Hawaiian language. It flows, and, uh, man. It is very tough. All the street signs are really hard to read and that sort of thing. So, but we're having a good time. We're having a really good time. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of sun and hiking and that sort of stuff. And we're changing gears a little bit on uh, on Kauai. Tomorrow we're doing a, a helicopter tour, which I'm really excited Ooh. about. A doors oh. off helicopter tour. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. And it, Are we're you gonna, gonna play around. favorite sun as it as it goes around? Oh man, I hope so. That would be fantastic. Meow. We're gonna we're gonna fly around the like northwest side of Kauai, which is. Uh, I think it's the, the Nepali coast. I'm pretty sure is how you say it, and uh, that's where like. 
all the like really tropical movies like Jurassic Park and that sort of stuff where it, like where you're like where did they find this untouched piece of land that they could film this that's all on this island like Jurassic Park and all that was filmed on Kauai and uh, I'm really jacked for that I'm excited there's a there's a ton of space that's just totally untouched uh, government land basically and we're gonna see that tomorrow so sorry to ramble so much about my whole life but I missed you guys last (laughs) week and uh, you know we're having a good time um, we were starting to get a little homesick at the end of last week. Uh, I won't. I won't lie. Um, but we've sort of found a, a new, a new second wind, I guess, on on this island. I guess it. It also looks a little closer to home, which is interesting. Uh, Asheville is sure. you know all all mountains, and Kauai is these huge cliffs and big mountains, and I don't know. It's just different. It's weird. It's so crazy that these islands are just. I mean, it was a tw- like a thirty minute plane ride, like from one island to the other. So like it's. Very interesting how diverse and incredible this landscape is, and uh, we're having a really good time. And uh, you know, I hope we can have a we have a good show. Man, I love all of that. It sounds like an incredible, incredible week. Uh, Doctor Charles Hanko went to work. What's up? <laughs> yeah, how, how do I follow that? Uh, how do I follow that? <laughs> there's a there's a really beautiful drive on my way to work i took the same one uh five days in a row home and back so that was cool um there were some trees that i saw uh i think they filmed a bud light commercial somewhere along that. Um, that's it that's like i'm here i'm here i hope we have a good show too <laughs> glad to have you Oh, man, we've had so much change with the two of you over the last week, clearly, but no one has been more constant than our rock, our foundation, our boulder among this <laughs> raging sea, Wes Jenkins. What's up, buddy? What's up? Um, I'm, if you recall last week, I got a mystery charge on my credit card, and it was from Barnes & Noble, and they finally Ooh, came in. Oh, nice. Oh, these guys. Dude. Are they, are they still in the plastic? Dude, they're or so you take they're still in the plastic because yeah, I don't I know if say, I'm going to hawk them on eBay. I, <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> wow. But no, they're, yeah, they're still in the plastic. Um, but yesterday was fun. I took my parents to the Houston Astros game for my mother's birthday. Oh, happy and, birthday. Um, yeah, she had a she had a good time. My dad is kind of one of those people who he doesn't want to let you know he's having a good time. He just doesn't want to be bothered, and he, mm. he was having a good time, but he doesn't really show it. So I went downstairs and got him a fifteen dollar margarita, and I told him to loosen to loosen up. So he did after a while. He's like, "Man, I really like this." So I was like, "Yeah, I bet you do." <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Listen, oh, what tequila a time. always makes everybody loosen up. Right? <laughs> it's an upper baby. It's just the magic. It's the magic magic one. Uh, yeah, for sure. As we endorse. Well, we are all feeling good tonight. Uh, glad to see all of you hanging out with us in the chat and listening to us later on in the week. We hope you're having a lovely week. I will say. Tonight is probably the most jealous I've ever been of our audio listeners because you're living in a world where you have already seen Andor. The first three episodes will be out by the time this audio hits the podcatchers. And uh, on that note, happy Andor week, everybody. Uh, I did want to just uh, address the Andor launch event that happened this past week. Um if you follow, like, anyone on Star Wars Twitter, you're probably aware of it because a lot of amazing folks like Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained, the Sky Talkers, Brad and Sarah from Friends of the Force, uh, That Gay Jedi, and Brian from Pink Milk. Like, so many people in, like, the community that we know and that we love got to go to Los Angeles, Hollywood, California, and watch the first three episodes of Andor at the El Capitan, and then the embargo dropped. And no spoilers, 
obviously, but like the the, the hype for Andor has <laughs> now gotten so stratospheric because every person coming out of that premiere just had nothing but raves to say about it. Did you guys, I know you guys don't wade into the online discourse as much, but did you, any of you guys see like some of the initial reactions to the Andor? Yeah. I've seen I've seen some of it. I read somebody's. I can't remember whose I read. Someone's recently, and it was just I've not really seen any negative stuff. <laughs> I mean, nice. not really. I mean, it's it's a little. I don't know. I'm like a little weirdly nervous, I guess, about it because <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. so good. Like I I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid mm-hmm. to. I'm afraid to, want, to, to hope. I'm af- exactly. I'm afraid <laughs> to hope to, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic is like a good attitude to have. I think going into mm-hmm. any Star Wars project yeah. and uh, this one sounds like it is borderline flawless, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> scary. Manage those expectations. I know. Yeah. Seriously, seriously. What what did they see during their premiere? Did they see one episode or all three? First three. And I will say oh. some tips for those of you that, t- that are tuning in live or, or to the show maybe tomorrow. Um, a couple tips we did here. The first three episodes are best watched as one chunk. So if you can take it, uh, like it's like I think an hour forty five minutes is the, is the runtime of all three. Wow. Uh, so take okay. two hours if you can and just like turn your phone off from what I've heard and just like watch it as a movie. Because as we said in last week's show, this first season is broken up into four three episode arcs. So like the same director did all the episodes. It's, it moves as one solid thing. I have heard that it does start a little slow, but if you do watch it all at once, that's kind of like a movie, right? It, like, gets you in. So, uh, in my mind, we're getting a Star Wars movie on Wednesday. Uh, Hour 45 minutes, man. A Rogue One-themed Star Wars movie. I honestly just can't believe that we're here. Andor has always been the project, like... Like that's sort of been in the back to me. Like it's yeah. it's just always like it's the yeah. one that we've been we've been hearing about forever. And that's how Rogue One felt for the longest time. Like when when they announced Force Awakens, they almost immediately announced that they're making this, you know, Death Star themed movie. Do you guys remember that teaser? That classic teaser yes! where you like the TIE Fighter and it the the camera just goes up on indoor and you see the the Death Star. You remember that teaser? Mm-hmm. That's Andor has felt <laughs> like this in a lot of ways. Like it's just been like we've known it's going to happen forever, but yeah. it never felt like it was going to get here. Like Obi Wan felt like it was going to get here. Like you know, <laughs> sure, animated stuff sure. felt like it was going to get here. Andor has always felt like it's just never going to get here, and mm-hmm. we're here, and it's got all this positive hype, and like it's in two days. And what what the hell? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe it. I can't believe this is here. It's really insane to me that yeah. we're finally at this moment. So. It's going to be wild. I already took the morning off of work officially. I'm like, nice. I'm going in at noon. I'm going to give myself some time. So, again, everyone, if you want to join in on the conversation, head over to the Andor channel and our Discord. Everyone is very good about using spoiler tags there as well. Uh, we have a very strict spoiler policy. If any of you guys are in the channel and you see someone that's throwing in spoilers, tag a moderator. Um, basically, every mod will be watching it early, so we won't get spoiled. But... Try to be respectful. Again, use the double brackets if you need rules on Discord <laughs> etiquette. Of course, many people are always willing to help you over there in a positive, excited community about the newest Star Wars television show. Now, a quick thank you. I want to say at the top of the show here. Uh, last week, we dropped our Asheville documentary where the four of us, plus our awesome friend Timothy Guthrie, met each other in Asheville for the first time earlier this year. I already see in the chat, Brandon, you just finished it before coming in here. Thank you so much. And Stephanie, you watched it as well. 
uh, last I checked, which was a little while ago, we already had over 50 views of the <clears throat> documentary, and that's a Patreon exclusive. So that's people that have joined up and that wanted to watch it, and just the, the support has very much been overwhelming. This is a very personal project for all of us, and I guess... I just want to say thank you all for loving it like we did. I mean, our our yeah. patrons channel and Discord has been so positive. It's been very it's been a very emotional week. I think it has been. It has been. I watched uh, I watched part of it on the plane. Uh, <laughs> oh on the, yeah, on the, on the way in. But something weird happened with the download where the way I was watching it, and I couldn't watch the rest of it. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a good way to put it. That this is a very personal project to us. I was a little nervous about releasing a something like that. I mean, it's so. I mean. Everything else we do on Patreon is about Star Wars, and it's about, you know, this thing that we do. And that was more about us and our personal lives and us being yeah. friends, I think, than anything we've ever done. So, like, mm-hmm. I was yeah. a little nervous about doing that. I was hoping it was going to be received well. And we've gotten, like you say, nothing but positive feedback about that, which has been yeah. really, really fun and encouraging. And, like, that means a lot to us that people feel like, I don't know, they're like our extended friend group in a lot of ways. Yeah, Even though we don't talk in person, we rarely talk directly. We, like, I don't know, we rare, we rarely, like, interact with Patreon. It's just not that type of platform in which you really mm-hmm. interact with the folks on an individual level that much. And to see what it's like to have, you know, internet friends in a lot of ways, that's kind of what it represents, I guess, to them. And the relationship yeah. they have with us is, like, this internet friend thing. So... I guess what I'm trying to say is just thank you, you know, for the support. It's been really overwhelming and really awesome, and uh, that's been one of the most fun projects I think we've ever created, and like yeah. to me, like since we started Utini and all these years. So I'm just pleased that it came together. And Nathan did a hell of a job editing it. I mean, it's like it looks professionally yeah. edited. Like, like you yeah. would see it on like a it major is. video platform. Like it, it mm-hmm. is super, super good. And yeah. uh, the day Nathan realizes his full worth with us is the day we are doomed. Completely. Oh yeah, we're screwed. Nathan, I love you, yeah. buddy. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and if y'all, if y'all so really like that documentary, make sure you let us know because maybe we'll do another one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I don't know. Nothing's for sure yet, but like we're buddies across the country that want to see each other again. So let us know, yeah. and we're always willing to do more things. So it was very nice good. to hear the feedback, just because we were pretty vulnerable. No, nobody really yeah. knew each other. So. Um, Putting yourself out there and then getting great feedback like that just yeah. kind of solidifies the how great it was to, to meet everybody in person. Yeah, for sure. And if we hit $15,000 on Patreon, we'll do the full uncut, unmuted uh, antidote night. And if you've watched it, you'll know what that means. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> all right. Other than that, uh, speaking of community, I did want to highlight something amazing that's coming up in our uh, Discord community. Uh, our very, very good friends, uh, Blind Fates. And Moonflyer, um, better known by their real names, which you got to find out for yourself, have put together mm-hmm. the ultimate High Republic Phase 1 character bracket. Now, what is that, you may ask? This is a celebration of the High Republic in honor of Phase 2, starting very soon, as some of you on video may have noticed, the Phase 2 ARC is behind me. But this is the Utini like, March Madness-esque bracket challenge. So we've done some of these in the past in Discord. Essentially what it is, is we have put all the main High Republic characters in competition against each other. And starting tomorrow night on the 20th, you will be able to go to the High Republic Discord channel and vote in head-to-head competitions over day after day after day. And eventually we will crown the official Phase 1 Utini Community favorite character 
before phase two begins. Now, what's so fun about this is, of course, because it's a Discord channel, you can jump in there, you can tell people who to vote for, you can campaign for your favorites, have fun with it, and we really hope it's a great way for the community to get, like, really, really stoked about Phase 2 before it comes out in a month, and again, a huge shout-out to our community event organizers on that. If you would like to join, go over to eugenie.com slash Discord, there is an event banner, which is a fun thing. Again, shout-out to Jose, who put together that graphic, which you just saw on the screen, um, that you can join very easily. So we're super stoked. Head over to the announcement section for more information as well and get ready to vote for your favorite characters. Um, fellas, real quick, let's go around in a circle. Who do you think should win this? Uh, Charles, on the spot, High Republic Phase 1, best character. Who's going to win? Buryaga. Nice! Uh, Corey, who's going to win? Elzar, man. Yay! <laughs> All right, Wes, who's going to win? Marquion Rowe. Mm. Oh, man, that's a good one. All right. Um, I'm going to say... Oh, Geode. I don't know. I feel like... He, <laughs> I feel oh like ah, damn it, you're yeah. right. Okay, that's going to be the I'll one. Say. I, I think he will win. <laughs> Who I think should win, though, I'll, I'll, I'll double that. Um, I'd say uh, maybe Avar. Maybe Avar. Yeah. 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 But we'll see. We'll be we'll, we'll be voting. Of course, all of us get the same one vote as everyone else does. So head on over to the Discord. We cannot wait to enjoy that over the next few weeks. Yoda. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, he's he's got to be in he's there. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> All right. And uh, last. Oppo Rancisis. Go ahead. Op- <laughs> you and those fingernails, man. I'm, I'm going to find a life-size Oppo Rancisis and buy it for you for Christmas one year. I swear uh, to God. Nightmare. <laughs> Put it in his bedroom. And, like, looking over yeah, it's a good like, night. It's, terrible. it's a good way to keep burglars away. It absolutely is. <laughs> Oh, uh, last thing I would update y'all with before we get into our official uh, Patreon discussions of the week. Um, the Utini Fantasy Update. Every week the Utini Fantasy League is going on, and your boy lost again. But um, <laughs> it's because I didn't expect the Tampa Bay defense to score 30 points, James. <laughs> anyway, I'm fine. Uh, I do want to congratulate our high scorer. Uh, last week, I, it was the wrong person because Monday Night Football still had to happen. That does happen right now, but there's no way anyone is going to catch our very own Andrew Bell, who, much to our dismay, is dominating uh, fantasy uh, thanks to Tua Tungavailoa's 53 fantasy points this week. Unreal. Um, Andrew did threaten that he will somehow become even more insufferable if he wins this league, so I'm concerned at how likely that is looking. <laughs> <sighs> I'll get better at this, guys. But congratulations, Andrew. And I hope all of you that are playing fantasy are having a great time here as well. And one more shout-out, not fantasy-related. Uh, Jim Breslin on our team. I wanted to give a shout-out on the show uh, because this past week, Jim combed through our entire Utini database to ensure that every single book that is in a series accurately reflects it. Uh, we don't talk all the time about the database team here, but at utini.com, we do pride ourselves with having the most accurate book database on the web in this and any galaxy and jim ensured that we did that this week so uh go check that out if you're reading a series now at utini.com when you look at the book profile you will see that series accurately so thank you jim but sorry a much bigger thank you goes to our patreon uh our patrons at patreon.com slash utini uh we had an influx of patrons this past week thank you so much we want to thank admiral akbar in 1983 who became an annual patron and talked about how much they loved binging the Star Wars archives right when they jumped on Patreon. What a great way to use that Patreon. We also got a new Alliance High Command member at the annual level, uh, Ashley Ingalls. Thank you so much. Welcome. 
We're going to talk about you at the end of the show as well. We also got Sonya White and CJ Pfeiffer as an annual and monthly patron, respectively. Thank you so much. Whether you joined for the documentary, whether you joined for the shows, whether you joined just to help us out, it all means the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Whew. All right. A lot of news up top. Um, but, of course, no weekly roundup this week because it's all and or all the way. So all I want to do tonight is remind you all to go to the UTD.com release schedule in the midst of all this. Make sure you get your pre-orders up because, as I mentioned earlier, the Higher Public Phase 2 is coming. Path of Deceit by Tessa Gratton and Justina Ireland is coming on October 4th. And The Quest for the Hidden City by George Mann is coming November 1st. If you've never read a YA or a middle grade novel, The Higher Public is the place to start. They're so freaking good. All right. Now, for the main purpose of our show, fellas, um, when we were thinking about what to do this week, because we were going to do a Princess and the Scoundrel roundtable, and then life happened. It got a little long. We're doing that next week. But tonight, we're like, Andor is coming. We had a giant Andor preview show. What could we talk about? And Wes... You had a great idea, and I want to give you the floor because you are the reason that tonight's show is happening. So, so what conversation ensued when we were talking about tonight's show? So <clears throat> this show, yes, came about because of me. We are doing this show because I am confused. Not, <laughs> normally, not normally confused like I, like I usually am. Sometimes I don't know where we are in the Star Wars timeline when you're watching a show, right? Like... So with Andor, what is it? Is it 15 years before the Battle of Yavin? Is that where we start in season one? Five years before the Battle of Yavin. Five years. See? There you go. That's why. (laughs) There it is. You can pinpoint these different spots in the timeline, yet what about Mando? When does that happen? How far along does that happen after the timeline? What about the Bad Batch? What about the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels? When is all that taking place while Andor is going on? How old is Cassian Andor when the Clone Wars is going on? Or is he even born yet? Stuff like that. So I kind of need some structure to my Star Wars so I can figure out where everything is on the timeline so I can put these stories in 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 a cohesive unit. So because I am confused, we are doing episode 181. (laughs) (laughs) You are the reason for the season, Wes, and I love that. And I think we realized that, you know, the timeline is one of our most visited pages on the whole website. People are always going to the timeline to see when stuff takes place. We, again, pride ourselves in having the most accurate timeline on the on the internet, in the galaxy, in every universe. Uh, shout out to Trev, who always makes sure we're on top of everything. Um, you know, who, who made a timeline that was used in the official Star Wars timelines book? No big deal. Uh, but we also realized that, you know, as you're looking at these shows, a lot of folks might be watching these shows with people that aren't as familiar with Star Wars. I mean, Disney Plus has been such a huge way to bring things like The Mandalorian to people uh, who have maybe not even watched the saga films, but watch TV shows. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to let you all know where all these shows take place, when they take place, and then just for fun, because we are a book show, we're going to tell you what books take place around here so you can kind of help figure out where you are in time. And also, if you love a specific time period, what books can you read next? So, to start us off, Wes, since it's your idea for the show, we're going to start off with three shows that take place in the, literally the same year. So go ahead. I'm going to vamp here while you get back to the outline. 
and tell us what three shows are we starting with tonight and what year do they take place? And then we'll kind of go from there. Okay. So show number one, we're starting out with Mandalorian. Yes, sir. Season one. Mandalorian season one. So next, Mandalorian season two. Never would have thought. Amazing. <laughs> Incredible. And piggybacking on this, you'll never guess, Star Trek, The Next Generation. No! <laughs> Not yet, but... Just kidding. Oh, Book of Boba Fett, season one. So those three are the main ones that we'll be talking about. Both take place, or all three, I guess, take place in 9 ABY, after the Battle of Yavin. So, it helps, after the Battle of Yavin, 9 ABY, is that, that's after Return of the Jedi, Correct. Correct. Return of okay. Jedi is, is what? Is that uh, like four ABY? It's five? Like four or five? five? Four or yeah. five? Something like that? Top of my head. Okay. Absolutely. So, so then we have four years after Return of the Jedi, after Death Star 2 mm-hmm. is blown up, mm-hmm. and the Empire is somewhat disbanded, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of hanging around, like we kind of know. So that's how we get Mandalorian Season 1, 2, and Book of Boba Fett Season 1. Those all are encompassed five years after Return of the Jedi. That's right. That's and this is technically the New Republic Five. era, right? Mm-hmm. So, guys, let me ask you, even before we go into yeah. some specifics, what do you think about this era as a whole? Like, I know we got the Mando stories, but this is, like, the tumultuous, we're, we don't know who's going to rule yet, where is the capital? Like, it, it is very much a transitionary period that we've actually gotten quite a few books about that we'll talk about in a second. But what does this beginning of the New Republic era do for you? I will say that I know we're going to talk about this in a second in regards to Legends, but uh, in the Legends universe, which is very closely tied to my own personal kind of like Star Wars book introduction and journey, like this was the most exciting period of books for me when I first started Mm -hmm. getting into the books is like because, you know, you ultimately want the you always want the story to never end. Right. Like, I mean, reading the. If you've read the Harry Potter series, like you start, you get to the, you know, one of the last books, or you're watching, even if you're watching the films, like you get to the fourth movie or the fifth movie, you start getting that sort of like a little subtle melancholy dread that it's going to end. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? So, like, yeah. you know, oh, I don't I want a, it to end, isn't it? Exactly. That's Harry Potter, right? Isn't it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> what you fall down for? I remember that. Like, no, I that. Like, he falls off the bus and the. What's the guy's name? The guy on the bus? I can't remember. Like, what are you fall down for? Anyway, that's my impression. There you go. Uh, yeah, this this you never want the story to end, and that's kind of yeah. what this era did for me. Like back in the day, it just mm-hmm. it was the you know the main trio of Han, Luke, and Leia, and you know what their kids were up to, and like how the galaxy changed, and like so it was it was it's always been a really rich era in Star Wars storytelling that that era after the movies right because it was the last films we got yeah. the furthest the furthest forward we'd ever gotten the richest time you know the richest storytelling in my opinion now mm-hmm. if we kind of look at this through the different lens of now and modern storytelling with canon is very different I mean this yeah. era is still in a lot of ways largely untouched. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, like, in, in the Legends era, we did essentially just continue. I mean, the Thrawn books <laughs> is basically right after the films, right? And, yeah. you know, so we, we just continued. And that has not really yet been done in, in canon. We haven't really just continued. I and mean, we've got little peaks and glimpses of what, you know, the main trio has been up to and and that sort of thing. But we haven't just been like, you know, here the the we're starting to. We're starting to get that 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 time, right? Where uh, like the princess and the scoundrel sort of picks up right after yeah. Battle of Endor, right? Mm-hmm. So like 
you know, it's, it's very interesting that we're finally getting these pieces filled in. And I still think there's a lot of work to be done here in regards to filling in this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still know virtually nothing about how the First Order sort of rose to power. We don't know what those first conflicts... Like, I really want to know what that looks like. like what did the first conflicts look like? Yeah. How did the... How did everybody realize that, oh, this is a new villain, right? This is a new bad guy. Yeah. the first one. Right. They look like stormtroopers, but they're not. You know, like, they got all this money. Where do they get all this money from? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm most yeah. interested and excited for that sort of period of storytelling. So it's very interesting that Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett is taking place kind of in this era because, like, those gigantic major questions still have not been answered for fans. And I think that led to a lot of confusion uh, about yeah. the Mandalorian. I mean, there were so many articles online when that show first came out about when does this take place? Is it actually Baby Yoda? You know what I mean? So, like, right. I feel like it was sort of it was an odd choice, excellent storytelling, but an odd choice to set a TV show, you know, in this era of post Battle of Endor without really any of the context yet decided on. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it does. Yeah. Sort of, like, I, I'm still a little. Mm. I feel a little confused about the state of the galaxy, even though we have three seasons of TV shows about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, well, what are your thoughts? Maybe, yeah, maybe they want you to think that. See, I think a lot of people are confused. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. in, in that regard, because the New Republic itself is, it's like a spider web. It's not fully formed, like like fully filled in. There's all these holes, you know. That's. I mean, that they're. Um, like their stretch takes pretty far across the galaxy, but yeah. they don't have they don't have the muscle, they don't have the might to enforce a lot of that, right? right. So that's yeah, when, that's when like the governors are still in, yeah. involved. There's they seem weak, the right? Like to yeah. Me, yeah, New Republic seems are, yeah. super weak. Like well, and that and that's what I find interesting about that specifically because we 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 get some stories about the formation of the New Republic, like. For instance, around this time period, we're nine eight, we're nine ABY, as Wes so eloquently said earlier. So let me put you this in context for you book readers and listeners here. Just a little bit earlier, in five ABY, that's when the Alphabet Squadron trilogy ends. In five ABY, that's also where the Aftermath trilogy ends. So those are both four years beforehand. In Lost Stars. That also ends in 5 ABY. So three kind of massive books and, and moments in, in the canon literature, there is yeah. a four-year gap until we get to Mandalorian. So when you guys are watching this show and you're wondering, oh, my gosh, is this close to Erica Quell? And oh my, are we going to see, um, like, Snap and oh. Nora? We, there, was a, there was four years between yeah. this. So it's long there's been a little of bit of calm down. But canonically, as of right now, I found this fascinating. The closest book we get to Mandalorian is Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older, which ends wow. in 7 Great ABY. Book. So, if you want to read some of that, and we got a little bit of Baby Ben Solo in there, we yeah. got a little bit of Old Han, and that book ends in 7 ABY, which is two years before Mando. So, And then we have this huge jump until we get to Poe Dameron yeah, Freefall. Eight years. So, canonically, yeah, right. and that's even then, about in, where in we the are. films, and we're going to get to this, obviously, but the, and mm-hmm. then, you know, just for context right now, while we're talking about it, you know, Force Awakens is what thirty two, I think, ABY. So like, there's a huge amount of time here still yes. between the movies, which is why it was such an interesting choice 
maybe even I'm not sure interesting is the right word. I might be willing to choose a little bit more of a negative word here, actually. Ooh. Maybe maybe sort of a drastic or maybe inappropriate choice. I'm not sure what the right word is. Risky, failed risk choice, maybe I would say, to to set Force Awakens so far forward because like, you know, we we started the galaxy in a lot of ways looks very similar to the way it did, right. you know, in Endor with the first order there. I mean, there's yep. stormtroopers and there's star destroyers. Right. And mm-hmm. It's, it's the rebellion versus the empire still after 30 years. Like it's a little bit Ish. odd to me. So like, I still feel like even to this day, there is a lot of work to do in regards to this period of time. And I think, you know, if I'm going to jump way forward in this conversation, if we want to, there are some predictions out. I think this major story gap is what we're essentially leading up to right now with the Filoni-verse and Mandalorian yeah. and the Ahsoka TV show. I think it's going to all tie into what Luke is up to and then rebuilding the Order and then what Leia mm-hmm. is up to. I think all this is going to kind of be like deeply related. But I, honestly, I don't think that we're going to start getting those, you know... Thrawn trilogy type of stories featuring the original trilogy, honestly, until all that is done. Until yeah, you know, yeah. Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau, they, they say, all right, we're done with this time period. Is that going to happen? Are they ever going to stop telling? I don't know. I mean, I mean, they love these characters. Well, but as frustrating yeah. as it is to have these holes and to, and to sometimes get confused and be like, where are we? It also lets you know that anything that they're putting out in this in this time period around this these tv shows like they're really dedicated to these ideas yes like you don't you don't lightly throw this stuff out there that is like the you know the frontier of the star wars timeline like they can go that direction as far as they want but anything they establish now is established right because they made you know such a big deal about no this is canon now and everything Mm -hmm. we put out is canon right so it it, it's got a big stamp of approval on it if we're getting it does yeah, it does. And that's hard to do, and I feel like that's yeah. the, uh, I don't know the, what the right term like the Star Wars storytelling pit of despair. Maybe <laughs> would be a good name to call it. Is like that's what it is. Like Star Wars has this long, long history since the very, very beginning of starting with a conclusion of a story, right? Because that's what episode four is. It's the conclusion of a story. It's episode four, right? It's yeah, not right. Episode one, right? So. It seems like that is almost the Star Wars tradition is we we tell the finale before we, you know, before we tell the beginning, kind of like, you know, Shakespeare and and that sort of storytelling where you get the whole story in the intro. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to do. I always think that it's a a bigger risk to, you know, to start with the ending of the story, because now we have to explain how we get from point A to point B, which, you know, may or may not please the fans. Right. It's a risky sort of strategy, I feel like. So I feel like it's a little easier to. You know, we're going to have the Yuuzhan Vong War. We have no idea how the hell this is going to conclude, right? <laughs> like, that is, yeah. that is easier to yeah. do, I feel like, than to try to yeah. fill in gaps. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it's both a, a good and a bad thing for me personally. Of, like, yeah. you know, I'm excited to read the stories when we finally get around to them. But, like, it's, it, there has to be a whole lot of managing expectations because, like, if it's not done, like, just right, it might not fit well with you with your headcanon and that sort yeah. of thing. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. This this entire conversation just around the fact that we have these live action shows that start in this weird time place is mm-hmm. so interesting. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It really is. And we still know nothing. Even after three yeah. seasons of this show, we know nothing about the state of the galaxy because they're it's been explained that these guys are kind of out there. You know, they're in the outer rim. Yeah. Nothing friggin' matters out there, right? Nope. 
until we get our political intrigue show, which, I mean, well, I mean, I guess we're getting, but we're getting ahead of ourselves for right now. Uh, yeah. But I do want to say, just to confuse slightly more, before we get into our second uh, batch <laughs> of shows, uh, if you're not confused enough by what's happening in canon, I just want to put it in perspective of what was happening in Legends in 9ABY. Because uh, that, that would be fun. Now, for those yeah. listening, these are different timelines. If you haven't uh, had a lot of experience between canon and Legends, we have a great article on the site all about it. Check it out. Um, but if you are a Legends fan and you're watching these new shows, for context, this is what was happening in the year Mandalorian Season 1 came out. Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command by Timothy Zahn all came out in the exact same year as Mandalorian Season 1. 9 ABY. Wow. So, hypothetically, <laughs> all of that was happening while Mando was just, like, cruising around. I know. I know. Hanging this is out. Like, you know, I think the, the good analogy to use here is that... Like, this is the one real true fork in the road, I think, between canon and legends. Yes. Is, is, yep. is, is episode six, right? It's the Battle of Endor. After that, yeah. canon and legends are virtually dissimilar. I mean, they're not yes. really in any way. They're totally completely different. I mean, yeah. you know, so I've always sort of visualized that in my mind, that you either have Heir to the Empire in the Thrawn trilogy, or you have whatever we have in canon. Right, like that's yep. that's the only two options, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find it fascinating because we also get uh, X-wing Isard's Revenge by Michael Stackpole right. in that same year, uh, and then two years afterwards, again another huge fork, which may have a spiritual successor in canon. We'll see. But in eleven ABY and Legends, we get the full Jedi Academy trilogy by Kevin J. Anderson, <laughs> which, based on the Book of Boba Fett episodes, could absolutely be being made currently right we might be getting right. that academy so that would be really fun um obviously we don't have like the twins necessarily but ben solo is alive a lot of possibilities going on there uh, and then of course i could not go any further without mentioning that 11 aby also features i jedi so uh, <laughs> and we got corin it Hoy. does we it got does. him what is there. very which is a, it is a fun you know all jokes aside with i jedi and everything it is a fun kind of thing to think about because you know, I Jedi is set in a time period in Legends in which that in this very short period of time, short is relative, I suppose, just between four ABY and eleven ABY, mm-hmm. Luke had completely rebuilt the Jedi Temple at this point. Like, I mean, there's a ton of Jedi. Yeah, boy, a lot of them fast. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he worked <laughs> really, he really fast. Like, like it's not in any way like the old Jedi were at this point, but it's. It's certainly on its way to being that. I mean, the Jedi yes. Temple has got Jedi in it, and there's yep. a council, and Luke is head of the council. And so, like, it is very different than canon at yes. this point, which is a very interesting – it's very interesting to me that that's the route that they chose to go in the old school legends, right? Is yep. they were like, all right, Endor's over, the Rebellion won, everything is back to normal. You know, that's kind of how it is. And yeah. that is not in any way how it is in Legends. Luke is very – or in canon, I mean. Luke is obviously yeah. very troubled, like he's very serious, as we've seen yeah. in The Mandalorian. Like He has, like, his first possible apprentice show up, and then that apprentice says, nah, bro, I'm going to go back to my dad. I know. Sorry. There's not yeah. many of them. I mean, in the comics and stuff, how many – there's, like, 12? Also, or, you know, know what, how guys? Many, how many think there are by, at this point, by the way, actually? Oh, we know? Shadow, Shadow of the Sith, we get a few named, and we see yeah. Ben Solo with him, also in The Rise of Kylo Ren. There's, like, yeah. seven or eight. But I do got to yeah. wonder, I never thought about this before. When Grogu came up, was Luke like, okay, okay, first student, first student. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Oh, okay, it looks like Yoda. Okay, sick, awesome. I got this, I got this. <laughs> and then, like, two days later, he's like, 
I mean, I guess you can leave. Sure, fine. Sorry. Yeah. Like, he was, like, yeah. so close. <laughs> like, oh, the man. only student in the galaxy. And then he's like, nah. Ain't for me. Yeah. That's so crazy. That's... His, his failure rate was 100% at that point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone else was, like, touring the new academy. I was like, so what's yeah. your graduation rate? Currently zero. <laughs> exactly. Currently zero. You know, I will I will say that I feel like I feel like the canon side of that storytelling is a little more personally realistic to me though, right? Like that oh, for starting yeah. a new school? I yes, think so. yeah, like like yeah. Luke yeah. by the time Return of the Jedi rolled around, he has like just figured out how to be a Jedi Knight, right? Like yeah. he's just barely figured it out, right? He's had yeah. his first real hard trial while facing the Emperor and yep. you know, Vader and all that stuff. So to go from that to being this all powerful, wise, you know, mm-hmm pull the starter story out of the sky type of visualization yeah. that you get a little bit in legends. Like, you know, that always really bothered me about the commentary around, uh, yeah. you know, the sequel trilogy that Luke is this ultra powerful guy and all this kind of stuff. Cause it is feels like, it felt like more of a stretch in legends that he yeah. was, he had just, he suddenly figured it all out. Right. So I, I like that, that we have this slower growth of, uh, yeah. of Luke in Canon. I think it's very, very interesting storytelling and, you know, now that we're thinking about it, putting all the pieces together, too, the fact that he's literally just assembling the rocks for the temple in Mandalore or uh, Book of Boba Fett is kind of yeah. insane. That he's got his uh, little ant droids. Yeah, and he's been like, because the thing is, he's he's lived on a sand planet his whole life. He's talked to, I think, canonically, what three women ever. Like the guy <laughs> is not a principal. You know, he's like, I've got an architect. I don't know how to build a temple. <laughs> like I know, but I don't know. You, you meditate enough, you learn a lot of stuff. But that it's gets just us so man- different. Yeah, it gets us Mando 1, Mando 2, Book of Boba Fett. That's kind of like the main Favreau Filoni-verse stuff right now. Uh, Charles, the next main TV show era, takes us obviously back in time, and who else better to set it up than you, my friend? Tell us about our next show and where it takes place. Yeah, so our next show, arguably arguably the best show. maybe Not argued by show. any of us. <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Guys, season one, I see, is written in the outline. Someone's hopeful. You never Someone. know. <laughs> um, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi season one. So this actually takes place in nine BBY. So we're, what, we're 20 years before where we just were. Uh, Reign of the Empire era is what this falls under. So this is, of course, when, uh, you know, it's not a problem if you don't look up type of attitude is pervasive in the galaxy. The Empire is very, very oppressive during this time. It's a, it's a dark time, in fact. You might call it a dark time. Mm. Um, I love this time period. I love this time period so much because I know we're going to talk about what was going on in this, like other stories other than this show that were going on. But like this is, I don't know. I I like the dark part of stories. Like I love Empire. Like I love, I love seeing uh, characters that I have grown to really love and appreciate like Obi-Wan Kenobi and just see you take away the thing that makes them what they are, mm. you know. Mm. Um, I was watching that. I was watching that Kenobi uh, documentary on Disney Plus earlier today, actually, and I really like what Deborah Chow said about how they they didn't want it to have anything to do with the Jedi. They wanted to. They wanted it to be about Obi Wan the man, right? Yeah. So I think when you're you're met with these hard times, there's a lot of character development there. It's really a great foundation for for really digging into a character and understanding who that character is and star wars does that very well i think the kenobi tv show did it very well and so did a lot of the other stories that are in this time period yeah i think for me just just to start us off right away 
the most impactful one for me when I was doing the research for this episode, which is actually, honestly, selfishly, it was very fun researching this episode because I had no idea about these about these ties. Obi-Wan is in 9 BBY. Solo is in 10 BBY. So if you ever want to think, where is Han and where is Obi-Wan, you, we literally have those visual comparisons that they're a year mm. apart. Um, yeah. So and, that, and Solo ends, I should say specifically, it ends in 10 BBY because there's that small time jump from the beginning. Um, but that's huge for me. Also, <clears throat> A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller, where Kanan and Hera get to meet. That's 11 BBY. So it's two years before Obi-Wan. And then 13 BBY. You're slightly older. That's Most Wanted by Christy Golden. So Han and Kira as young, you know, white worms, if you will. And then <laughs> for a lot of folks listening here, uh, a- another highly impactful one in 14 BBY, five years before Obi-Wan. That's Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. So, I think most, isn't Most Wanted by Ray Carson? Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I said Christy Golden. It's Ray Carson. Thank you, thank you, All thank right. you. I just want to give Ray Carson credit because I freaking love that book. I yeah, agree completely. Sick. You're so right. Uh, but, yeah, all the solo stuff happening around Obi-Wan was fascinating to me because, like, we get a little empire with Han, like, joining up, and we know it's full. But seeing that this is who Vader is during the yep. time of the events of Solo, uh-huh. like, yeah. that is the power of the empire right mm-hmm. now. And Obi-Wan and Han are both kind of on either sides of the empire at the yeah. same time. And I thought that was fascinating. I, yeah. I never even thought about, I, I would think that solo was later. Same. Not same. like, like it took, like it was way before Obi-Wan. Yeah. Interesting. That's what I would have thought. I think also not to mess with you too bad, but Han Solo looks like that. And Princess Leia looks like that at the same time. Sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Let's just blow right past that. Uh, all right. Um, listen, I have a I have a weird opinion about about this that I've uh, sort of changed over the years uh, in regards to this canon storytelling, this reign of the empire Ooh. era. The, you know, the first thing I want to point out is that reign of the empire all right, so let me back up a little bit. I'm a little bit more of a timeline nerd than I've ever let on. You know, in fact, when I first started Uteen, Trevor, did you hear that? I Trevor, know, did you I hear know, that? <laughs> Trevor and I have talked about this, and he should know because I'm so opinionated about when we make major timeline changes. When I first started Uteenie way back in the day, like the same year that I started Uteenie, I actually built out this crazy huge spreadsheet to track my Star Wars books. Like, I think it was sort of. You know, that experience was sort of a foundational journey that led to the realization that, holy crap, this is very confusing There's for people. Like, how can we make this easier for people? Um, you know, so, but, like, this era always really bothered me in Star Wars storytelling because uh, the difference between canon and legends here is insane. We're going to talk about legends here in a second. But, like, uh, canon recently, in the last year or two, I think, they redefined this entire era and called it Reign of the Empire era, yes. which is like, we got a, we got an official name. It used to be called Rise of the Empire, um, and we'll talk about that in a second, but Reign of the Empire is a great name. Guess what it was? The Empire is all-powerful and all-controlling and all this sort of stuff, and in early storytelling, when we got Rogue One and we got Rebels, like... Every time we would get new projects in this era, I would get a little bummed out, weirdly. Like, because I feel like it was the easiest storytelling, right? Like, it's nothing new or revolutionary. It's the, oh, the Empire's all-powerful, you're all-oppressive, we gotta fight them. You know, I feel like it was kind of lazy a little bit. But as time has gone on, we've gotten more and more really rich storytelling in this period. They've taken a lot of risk and done really interesting stuff with it. The solo film is fantastic, 
and uh, we get to see like war in that, like with uh, you know Mimbin. Is that you say Mimban? Whatever the mud planet. Yeah, let's call it war. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we get all this really rich storytelling in this era, and it it is suddenly a lot richer. Like it's not just yeah. yes. it's not just the empire is oppressive and the rebellion is you know building. It's like we're getting a lot of looks at this grassroots movement that was yeah. the rebellion, which is so interesting and fun. This you know maybe the maybe the let's rescue the Jedi. What was it called the the, the Jedi. Like Underground Railroad, what's it called in Star Wars? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, the path. Uh, 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 the, the path. path. The yeah, path. the path, right? Yes. We're getting that just kind of starting to be explained. So we're getting a lot of this yeah. really interesting storytelling that is taking place that was... Because yeah. the previously... rebellion started before Revenge of the Sith. Like, Bale and yeah. Mothma and Padme in those deleted yeah. scenes had right. already started it. So it, made, it makes yeah. no sense for the rebellion to restart brand right. new 10 years exactly. like no they were going so it's not so it's really the opposite of the easy way out because you know where a lot of these characters end up and you're right. kind of shoehorned so how do we make this interesting like how do we make yeah. this compelling and mm-hmm. they've done quite well with a lot of these projects you'll notice a lot of us are saying like oh that's one of my favorites that's one of my favorites it's it's great it's just a great yeah. time period and I, I think maybe my opinion about that, maybe this is a good a good time to shift gears in the legends a little bit. Yeah, let's like, do it. I think my opinion on that is is largely because of what the legends version of this time period was. Because you know, like you have in your notes here, Eric, it was surprisingly sparse, right? Not like, a lot. Not a lot it of is legends. Kind books. of crazy to me, actually. <laughs> and I think that is maybe why it was sort of my gut reaction to always feel that like, oh great, we get more rebellion versus empire storytelling in canon. Like because that's what it was in Legends. We had Revenge of the Sith. Suddenly, the Empire is all powerful, and then that's it. We get you know Episode Four, it's, and there was this. That was the gap. Like, and, and, yeah. and you know, obviously, when you think about it, that you know, it obviously sort of falls apart. Of like, of course, there had to be a grassroots movement. Of course, the Rebellion had to gradually build their power, and all this secret undercover spy stuff has to happen. But they just didn't take those risks in Legends. We didn't really get this. Right. This storytelling, you know, we have um, there's a couple big standout stories in this period: the Paradise Snare, yeah. the 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 AC Crispin trilogy, yep, um, the Han Solo trilogy is kind of during that period. Um, you know, yeah. we got this. Uh, Wes, as you're scrolling the timeline, I'm remembering some of these: the Coruscant yep. Nights trilogy, which yep. is like which are which are coming in the next show though, because there's actually a significant gap. There's a there's yes. like a ten year gap mm. between those, which is right. insane. Yeah, but look at this timeline as Wes is scrolling yeah. through. There's like not there's nothing here. There's like yeah. there's peak but empire legends, stuff. But Legends was very much, I think, about expanding upon what George did. Like people didn't yes. really want they to wanted touch to go what forward. George it was. did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. And that is that is why I uh, you know what I was saying earlier about the whole era thing changed. It's so different. In Legends, this was called the Rise of the Empire era. And this annoyed the living shit out of me. Uh, because yes. the Rise of the Empire era in the back of the books in the or sorry, the beginning of the Legends books, like it starts before Phantom Menace. So the the Rise of the Empire era, you know, per the you know, the powers that be that decided what the names of the eras were in Star Wars was starting with Phantom Menace, which kind of makes sense, right? The Empire is secretly building yeah. its power, yeah. right? I mean, and you can start it in Plagueis, frankly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would say, right. I would say yep. before that, right? Yep, yep. Right at that time period is was the defined era for Rise of the Empire. And that continued all the way until zero BBY with, <laughs> you know, episode four, which is like, how is that? That doesn't make any sense. It wasn't that the Empire wasn't rising during that all that period of time. It rose for like three films, and then it was ultra powerful for this twenty year span, right? So, it always bothered me that Clone Wars kind of fell into that 
that time. And if you have been a, you know, a Utenu fan all this, all this time, you know, the last couple of years, you've probably seen our timeline iterations over the years. We redefined that ourselves at Utini in those early years. Like our timeline didn't just say, uh, it didn't just say like rise of the empire. We had some, our own that we had like, I mean, what was it? I wish Trevor was here. He could tell us we had like, we had some okay, special we made names. Up our own for, eras. Yeah, we did. We made our own eras. Yeah, and it was yeah, like the yeah. Phantom Menace had its own era, and it was like something yep. about the birth of Anakin and that sort of thing. The Chosen One, something about God. that. And then like we had a Clone Wars era, and we had. Yeah. Some, I think I, honestly, I actually think it might have been Reign of the Empire. I can't remember. I think, I think yeah, it might have been because there weren't official canonized ones at that point. We, we made them up, it and then us. I remember the no. day they announced them, we got into Slack, be like. Change the site! Change the site! There's a fish was, yeah. <laughs> shitload of work, by the way. It was, it was a lot a, of so work. much work had to happen. We were sort of we were sort of eating crow a little bit for like having yeah. to say that uh, having invented our own eras and so we had to completely yeah. refine all that. But yeah, so canon. This is like an interesting. I'm sorry, I'm really chatty about this. This is one of the things that I'm particularly passionate, passionate about. Man. Yes. In also, the also, it's like it's like 3 p.m. where you are. You're like at your peak energy. It's I perfect. Know, <laughs> That's true. It's true. It's very very bright. <laughs> The rise of the empire era, or the reign of the empire, if you will, is in canon is vastly superior to yes. the legends version of this, in my opinion. And I, I just I cannot believe how right canon has gotten it. And this is the perfect discussion about Andor being here, is because Andor is the TV show that we really desperately needed in Legends that we never had. Of like, what does the very very early stages of you know, boots on the ground, soldiers of the rebellion. What are they up to? Like, how did they get in? Yes, we all we've always had the Mon Mothma and and you know Bail Organa and their political intrigue secretly. Their little pact. What was it called? The against Palpatine. Oh, the, uh, the, the the it's like the, the Confederacy the, of, of the however 200? many systems. Yeah, the two hundred. Whatever that. Yeah, we've always had someone, that. That's, someone that in the chat always, will throw it in. I'm sure. Yeah, that, that has always been the story in uh, in Legends. But we've never had the soldier side of it, which is why Andor I think is so utterly exciting, and yep. like all of the stories that have taken place in this era are so interesting. Saw Gerrera, like there's so much good shit in yeah. canon that it was not in Legends that so, like. God. Yeah. Saw Guerrero, the hardest working man in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> before we get to Andor, though, because I, I, gosh, that all that is absolutely true. We're gonna bat, we're gonna now go back in time ten years. We're gonna stay in the reign of the Empire because that, my friends, is when we get Bad Batch season one, uh, the last of kind of like the main shows on <clears> Disney Plus, <throat> others outside of the Clone Wars, Rebels, etc. All the new shows. Bad Batch season one takes place 19 BBY before the Battle of Yavin. This is also in the Reign of the Empire era, and this is around that time we were just discussing. Revenge of the Sith is in 19 BBY. We literally see it happen in the pilot of the Bad Batch, right? But... In the pilot. What I love... In the pilot. (laughs) There are a couple really cool novels that I forgot happened simultaneously with this, Uh, and that is Thrawn Ascendancy... Greater good and Thrawn uh-huh. Ascendancy, lesser evil, happen at the exact same moments in the, or the exact same year as that Bad Batch Season One. Oh wow! That's happening in the chaos. Yeah. But then, additionally, for all y'all that are following at home, uh, that are book readers back in the normal normal galaxy, quote unquote, Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston is in yep. eighteen BBY. That's the year after, and from twenty two <laughs> to seventeen BBY. So we're kind of spanning this era of, of Bad Batch. <laughs> that's Catalyst by James Luceno. So that's when you're getting. Um, you're getting Galen and you're getting Krennic's kind of friendship and stuff like yeah. that. So, 
As far as book recommendations, all that is happening whilst season one of The Bad Batch is going on. And this is, like you were saying, Corey, this is kind of like the dense era of, yeah. like, right after Revenge of the Sith. And then there's that huge, mm-hmm. quite literally, 10-year gap of yeah. content before we get back to another show. Yeah, I mean, this this era is super, super interesting to me. And, like, if I have a, like, a dream timeline change for the, you know, to happen in our lifetime, I would love to see this specific time period around Bad Batch to eventually become so rich, so dense with so many stories that this eventually gets its own era. Like this becomes like, because honestly there is a pretty stark difference between, you know, what happens in the, at the end of the clone wars that the the transition from clone wars to empire is almost, there's almost so much opportunity for rich storytelling in there that it could be, its own era, like the yeah, I don't know what you would call yeah. it, empire transition, <laughs> or like I don't know, Some, right? Maybe growth of the empire or rise of the empire. Rise of the empire might actually work. I don't know, something like that to fit know, in. Maybe like this. A, a erecting the empire or something in that. Yeah. Just like the rising. erect empire. That the erect good. empire. That's it. There you go. Yeah, I knew good. that was coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was. But yeah, I, I mean, love this is, stuff. This is the best yeah. part of Bad Batch to me is the yes. you know, the, the helmets are changing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And, which yeah. is what that we're was... get. Like yeah. seeing the clone war- clones turn into stormtroopers. Like the reason that Project War Eagle was such a big part when they revealed that in season one was like, <laughs> oh my Eagle. god. Uh, yeah, they're also Auburn fans for some reason. Um, yeah. Like it was odd because you're watching the heroes of the previous television show you loved. And the heroes of the prequel trilogy, the clones, slowly mm. turn into, like, the things you've been afraid of since you were a kid. Into Stormtroopers. Yeah. And, like, this is the moment where that happens. And also knowing <clears throat> that at the same time there's a character like Thrawn who's fighting for his own freedom who will eventually now become part yes. of the Empire. Like, yeah. the Lucas said it best, right? It's like poetry. <clears throat> it rhymes. There's just yeah. conflicts going on. And there is a part. I forget which book it is. I think it's greater good where we briefly just touch on, like, a war happening in another part of space. Like, they hear about it as, like, a a brief news bulletin. And it's kind of chilling to realize that what's the biggest deal in the universe for us is, like, barely a thought for the chaos. And it's, like, that kind of makes the galaxy feel really big. So I I love that inclusion in the timeline. Yeah, you know, um, in, in that area, I think I think there's a lot of you know I have a lot of interest in World War II era and real life history, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, you know in Star Wars and the rise of the empires in a lot of ways sort of based on you know the rise of the Third Reich and mm-hmm. the Nazi yeah. rise to power in a lot of ways, and it is notably very different, I think, from real life. And you know, in in real life, the you know Nazi Germany rose to power over a fairly long period of time between World War One and World War Two, right? And mm-hmm. in Star Wars, we have it happens instantly, right? It happens yeah. when when the Emperor just kind of declares himself, you know, the ultimate yeah. empire. He's the Emperor. He's now, been secretly building it. In it's secretly building it, right? Yeah. But like you know, but all that happens on Coruscant, right? Like, yeah. what is the what is the? How does the rest of the galaxy buy into the Empire? Because that's what it would have taken, right? You would have had to take buy-in from the Empire. Like, the Empire wasn't large enough to just roll in a bunch of troops and take over every mm-hmm. single planet, right? There had to right. be political loyalty built, and people buy into what the value of the Empire is going to be. And that would be... Yep. That would be fun to see, that, like, a little bit more of that storytelling of, like... We get glimpses of it. Another one that's in this time period that we don't really... That you don't have to actually hear is the... 
um, the Project uh, Inferno. Uh, the well, I guess oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's much, that's, yeah, that's much that's later. later. That's much later, I guess, where you see the transition. But like, how did those planets? What I was thinking of was like the loyalty planets. Like, how did those planets become so? loyal to the empire yeah really into it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah what did that transition look like where they welcome the empire with open arms and they're not just clone troopers anymore now they're real imperials and it's a a really rich opportunity right now i think this is still pretty sparse kind of like uh the empire stuff was in legends Um, oh my god hold on i'm a fake fan i'm a fake fan in the in the chat i called it project war eagle because i guess i did watch too much freaking college football it's project war mantle um, <laughs> I true. don't like Auburn. CJ. CJ, I'm so <laughs> Good sorry. You. How did nobody Project, <laughs> Project you War jo- Damn Mantle? You, you joined War Damn Mantle? God, Caroline's going to quit the team, and CJ's going to leave Patreon. Uh, Stephanie uh, also coming in with the rescue, too. The delegation of 2000 was delegation the delegation of 2000. We Thank you. Earlier. Yeah, we will all. Right. Let us always hear the living force of Uchini. We will always let you know when we get something wrong. We will own it because yeah. we are only humans. We are certainly um, not trivia experts. That is not what we try to do at Uchini. We we simply want to try to put the yet. big pieces together so you can kind of figure that out. It's, for yourself, it's an open so. book test for us at Uchini. <laughs> we yeah, don't know yeah, off the top yeah. of our head, but we can find you the answer. <laughs> I mean, does anybody not have the timeline pulled up on their computer as we're discussing this? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I will also say yes. though, what, what's so fun? I think this is actually where. In this era, for Bad Batch specifically, this is the era where actually canon and legends, I think, merge the most. They do, uh, absolutely. As far as legends go, uh, around this era, the same year as Bad Batch Season 1, we get the Kenobi novel, which, because there's, again, this Mm. 10-year gap, still technically could work. Then we have Order 66, the Republic Commando novel by Kieran Travis, same year. Imperial Commando, the 501st by Kieran Travis, same year. And the Coruscant Knights trilogy by Michael Reeves, same year. And mm. all of these, I think, tonally in Legends very much fit. So if you are a canon reader that you, you find the Legends timeline a bit more confusing and, and you don't quite necessarily want to want to switch, but you want something else to read, <clears throat> I would actually recommend going right around 19 BBY, The Bad Batch, Avengers <clears throat> of the Sith. A lot of these Legends novels I don't think will break your brain too much because they're all very tonally similar to what the Empire is doing. Yeah. That'd be my that's, recommendation. That's, that's, that's good advice. I mean, I think... Yeah, the Republic Commando might be the most stretch, you know, in some ways. You know, there yeah. was, but but in honestly, Kenobi in the Course on Night trilogy, you could like just straight just up rip that rip that Legends banner off and rip just say it. canon, like straight up, <laughs> like just replace it with a blue and it says canon. Like, what if they just quietly did that and like <laughs> you heard it here first, guys? Legends is canon again. We said I know, it. <laughs> I know. They don't even tell anybody. They just start printing canon banner on it and just, it's the only book. It's the only book that has. <laughs> and then they call it the essential canon collection, and they start oh releasing them with different again. covers. Why not? Oh, just, just, just print money, baby. Uh, all right. So, of course, all of this leads up to our final show of the night which is the show we'll all have watched in 48 hours. Uh, and that is Andor Season 1. Now, most importantly, as we said last week, but I will repeat it because it bears repeating, Season 1 all takes place in the same year, 5 BBY. Season 2 is split amongst 4, 3, 2, and 1 BBY. All for, but that, again, that's not this show. This season all takes place in 5 BBY, Reign of the Empire, We've been living there. We know it. Most importantly, Wes, you mentioned this earlier, so I want to mention it up top. This is the exact same year as Rebels Season 1. 
Same year. Same galaxy, baby. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So, Rebels Season 1. Ezra just gets discovered by um, Kanan. Yep. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> and then... What the hell, Wes? Come on. <laughs> Wes we doesn't even care anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Am I going to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> am I going to get bullied for spoilers? It opens up on a sunny day. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. It, it kind of... It's making more sense now, sort of. We're but, getting there. We're getting you know, there. Yeah, we're we're getting there. I just I'd like to know the setting of yeah. Like we still we're starting with Andor by BBY. Yep. What is everybody else doing? Yeah, there right? are rebellion How cells. Old is the Mandalorian right now? Oh God, I didn't know that. I didn't put that in the notes. You can ask me questions. <laughs> is he a teenager? Probably. Well, he was Five a kid BBY? in the Clone Wars, right? He got rescued. He got rescued in the Clone Wars from Clankers, so he's probably a That's teenager. right. He's 20. 1920, yeah, maybe? About this time, I guess? I yeah. Know. He, he could vote. Oh, he's got all that testosterone in him? All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how old is he in, uh, I don't know, how old does he think he's I have he's no idea how kid? old he is. I, I feel like he's in, his, he's in his early 30s. Oh, I'm sorry, in Mandalorian. He's a kid? Yeah. So. Do you think he's a kid? A 10-year-old, maybe? 10 years? That's Probably a, that's 10. Nice round number, 10. So, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, 10. That 19, sounds good. Sure. 10. Yeah. Sure, that math adds up. Whatever. So he's in his 20s. <laughs> Uh, Rebel Season 1 takes place here. I also want to say, similarly, um, and obviously Obi-Wan happening four years earlier does help this out, but Leia, Princess of Alderaan, happens uh, two years before, or two years after this. So two years after Andrew Season 1 is Leia, Princess of Alderaan. And then the okay. Thrawn novel is taking place from 11 BBY to 2 BBY. So if you've read the canon <clears throat> Thrawn novel, you've gotten from just before Obi-Wan to like three years after Andor. So Thrawn is doing all of that during these shows. You know? Oh! Super chat alert. What's up, Steven? Steven says, I know this show, Andor, isn't supposed to have any, quote, fan service, but I wonder if any Rebels characters will show up in Andor. That's a good question. I actually kind of doubt it, to be honest. I would doubt uh, it, yeah, because I think they're doing their own season. I think they're meeting each other. Honestly... I mean, I originally really hated the the term Filoniverse when people started using it mm-hmm. because I feel like it does a little bit of a disservice to like Kathleen yeah, Kennedy and but it's Alex, helpful. but like <laughs> it, it's, it's honestly so different. Like the stories yeah. that they tell are a little predictable as far as like who they're going to involve, and you know, it's the a lot of ways the Ezra, Ezra Bridger storyline. It all leads up to Ezra Bridger, yeah. right? So yeah, right. But would it be so terrible if you saw Chopper just roll away at the end of oh, like the last second of a scene? They made it like, for Ahsoka, oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think true. it's possible. But I like this era about being so close to the Rebellion, because obviously, with Andor more so than I would say the other films, or the other shows, where we know Cassian in Rogue One. We know exactly <laughs> where he's going, and we know it's pretty close. Five years, and he has to end the whole show as the guy who's going to shoot that guy in the back in the alley. Like, that's his. that's his moral journey is becoming that guy who's still going to shoot that guy in the back. So yeah. I think that's so interesting that he's still in this time period of like the rebellion is almost ready. They're cooking. Like there's cells are growing. Leia's going into her power. Thrawn is going to be growing the up. Like everyone is almost Ooh, there. That's true. Like everyone is almost at the original trilogy. And I think the simmering point is so fascinating for this show. And it's going to add so much tension. Um, because also, like, in, in the Legends universe right now, we get the Hut Gambit, 
the second book of the Han Solo trilogy. We get the Han Solo trilogy by Brian Daly in 2 BBY. And, of course, we get the Force Unleashed in 2 BBY. So everyone is kind of just just getting to, to episode four at this point. And I think that's so fascinating. And I think, to your question, Stephen, and to our overall conversation, I think because of that we're going to see much less of the main squad because they're they're basically in episode four. We're ready. We're ready to go. Yeah. So this has to be something different. That's such an aha moment to me with the with the Han Solo thing about where he is at in this timeline. That's it's, yeah. it's very interesting. We get a lot of Han weirdly. You know, Han Solo yeah. is weirdly a good timeline marker until you know episode seven. <laughs> um, it really is. And then he. <laughs> Would have been really useful if we had him pass episode seven just to know where we are. <laughs> what do you mean he's not in episode eight? <laughs> what happened to him? Quick, quick plug. Speaking of that, um, this last weekend was the Podathon, which was a great podcast made up of like fifteen Star Wars podcasts. They all did uh, Star Wars shows for, to benefit Make a Wish. They obliterated their donation goal, raised over sixteen thousand dollars for Make a Wish. It was incredible. And uh, Alden Diaz of Octo Radio interviewed Ryan Johnson. Um, who came on, and that that interview is fully available. I listened to it at the gym this morning, and there was a really great question where Alden asked, hey, when you were pitched to do Last Jedi, did they tell you Han Solo was going to die? Because obviously he was writing it as they were filming Force Awakens, and apparently they didn't give him the script, but I never thought, like, can you imagine being a director, and they're like, hey, we want you to direct episode eight, and you're like, oh, dude, I got a great Han Solo story. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I, I'm so ready. I got it. So, quick plug to, to Octo Radio. Go listen to that. It's a great, it's an hour-long interview. It's really great. But that was a really great oh, moment where terrible, I was like, man. I never thought about that. <laughs> about if Ryan wanted to use Han. He's like, this, he's like, thank God you asked. And he just has he, this package. He's like, I got this whole thing ready to go. <laughs> the Crispin like, Trilogy. Uh, actually. Actually. <laughs> Yeah. So, Sorry. so uh, while I while I like that story, I was uh, yes. you know, really thinking that maybe we could get some work. Also, not that that's not a great idea. I see you know one little small hiccup that could maybe mess with that a little yeah. bit. So we, yeah. we 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 killed him. We killed. Him. He's dead. So all this. So we got all these shows now, guys. So we've hit all the Disney Plus main shows. A lot of Reign of the Empire. A little new, a little new republic, and I know we're we're getting we're getting Star Wars shows in the future. They've told us um, the acolyte is obviously going to be the High Republic era, which is so fun. I cannot wait. But there are still a lot of eras that, looking at all these, haven't quite been touched. That do have more books, that do have more comics. So I guess as we're kind of like wrapping up these thoughts, I just want to ask you guys: in light of all these shows we're getting. And in light of Andor coming this week, is there an era you now want them to explore? Whether it's Filoniverse, whether it's not, what do you think could use maybe a show based on going through everything we've seen so far? Uh, right off the top of my head, gut reaction, there are two of them that I really want. Hit um, it. I want... One. Just one? Only get one? You can hit two! <laughs> I want to know... I'm take one of mine. I want to know... The rise to power of the First Order. That is still, like, the most gigantic... <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, Wes. I, you, want, I, you, you want the Hux show? 
Is it Armageddon yeah, Talk Show? That's I really, right. I, yeah, I mean, there's just too many questions there, man. Of like, how yeah. did we go from one yeah. gigantic, you know, empire controlling organization to another? Like, yeah, that's, you know, this is mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's 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 inexcusable <laughs> yeah. that we don't have this yet. I really want yeah. it. Like, I mean, I feel like it's a gigantic hole in the storytelling that we still have not really even touched. And you know, I'll give you my one. If nobody chooses my other one. I'll I'll tell you the other one. Yeah, JG, <laughs> pick up where Aftermath ends. Aftermath Empire's End yeah. has one of the most cinematic, climactic finales. And then they're like, and then this thing got hidden. And then we yeah, don't know it. what happened <laughs> to it at this point. Yeah, I would nothing. love that as well. I, I want to know both sides of it. I want to know what yes. the imp- what the Emperor is doing, like how he is gradually building yep. the power you know, out in the outer reaches of space i want to know how the new republic is gradually learning that there's this new threat like we get a little bit yep. of that in the in the leia book what is it by claudia gray uh blood bloodline i think it's bloodline, bloodline yep. yeah bloodline we get we get a little bit of it there that she's about to start this thing like to figure out that yep. there's some there are some mysterious forces at work but like that's <laughs> all we have right and yeah I really want that mm-hmm. explained. I want to know both sides of the picture i want to see the emperor's grand plan it will honestly if that is done, honestly, I think it will do even more to excuse my negative feelings on the Emperor still being alive in The Rise of Skywalker. If, if we can get the that, yeah. a plausible explanation for how the First Order actually financially, economically, how did they do what they did in the outer space? I want to see the books. Yeah, I want to see the books of the First yeah, Order. An audit. And from they had the a lot of bonds. So. They had a yes. lot of bonds they'd been investigating. <laughs> yeah. I just know that story needs to involve Nash Windrider. I, I oh, want yeah. Nash one rider in there. Yeah, I love a Nash show. Good yeah, stuff. get some any Elderon based stuff. Uh, Wes, you look like you're gonna explode. I know Corey took your first order. <laughs> <laughs> What's your other one? Uh, um, I would like something before the High Republic in like the Jedi and Sith wars of a thousand. The slightly years ago. lower Republic. Wow. Yes. <laughs> the, the Sith have been extinct it's the, it's pretty for mid. a millennia. No, so. just just the old Republic. The, the canon old Republic is what we need. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. No. Uh, That's <laughs> not old. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. You're talking about like Bane, yes. like canon Bane era stuff, right? Is that what you're saying? Um. Yeah. Anything. I'd say before a thousand years. So when the Sith and the Jedi, when there was multiple Sith, yeah, much uh-huh. like the Bane area. So, yeah. yeah, something something along those lines because that one line stuff. from Kenobi, the Sith have been extinct for millennia. Yeah. Which also, what happened though, to millennia in one? I'm yeah, like, totally. it's going to be dark side <laughs> stuff with the higher Republic, and I'm like, so the Sith were extinct for an era to you, maybe? That's, like, yeah, that's kind of that's the vibe true. I'm getting from this Acolyte. Sh- like, I, well, number, also, number one, we haven't oh. said it yet. The Acolyte... The most attractive show in Star Wars there's ever going to be. That, that <laughs> cast is so hot. It's insane. I know. They keep but, announcing casting directions. It's just like, really, do they have to be so attractive? It's, it's ugh, you know. Make them all. To, you're going to have to bring a fan. I have this stupid fan I've been wearing because it's so hot in Hawaii. It's <laughs> yes. around the neck. The one around your neck that's right in your hot. face. Oh, my God. Grab it. Because the problem is, guys, we all know what's going to happen. Put your fan on because they're taking all these hot people. Those look like beats in the fan. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's like little, it's like little tiny beats. I wore them on the plane because my plane from <laughs> freaking Atlanta to Seattle had no air conditioning. I was oh, so that's mad. That's right. It was oh. terrible. And I forgot those are, those those are beats really cool. by Dre. Oh my god, so great, so great. But I look like a, a dude. Does you have the hat? Hold on, let me get my full get up. Yeah, let's go. There you go. Full hat. 
That's incredible. While you're mispronouncing anyway, I will say we're going to need all those fans because not only are they compiling the most attractive cast we've seen in Star Wars, likely a lot of these folks will be on the dark side, which means, as we know, black leather. So, like, just get ready, everybody, for what this show's going to be. So Wes, Wesley, are you the stench? Are you? Do you want? Uh, do you want like specifically like the Bane stuff? I know you're such a huge fan of the Bane stuff. Do you think Bane? No, should not be in not that? specifically. Okay. Not specifically. No, I yeah. think uh, generalized um, Sith army would be interesting. Yeah. To pull out. and then they can and then they can branch off of that. They don't have to mm-hmm. immediately yeah. go into Bane like a Game of Thrones Bane. House of the Dragon type thing, where it's like po- it's like giant armies, political intrigue, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like actual like, like, uh, dynasties. Stuff. Those those utterly incredible, still to date best trailers of all time, CGI trailers for the older public MMO stuff. Like tell mm. those stories, man. I would yep. love that. Yep. That would be really yes. good. that would be good. Good stuff, yeah. guys. I'll uh I'll go very simple on this then and go the complete opposite direction. I think the the storytelling of post episode nine is gonna be on TV. Straight up. I think that, that oh, I, I, I don't. Really? I Why mean, do you think so? <laughs> because they're not making movies anymore. Um, <laughs> no, I it might. I, you know, that's a good that's point. A good, that's a good point, though. I mean, it might be that might be how you convince the original cast to come back. Is that would be. I mean, that's my dream. I, 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 I earnestly <laughs> do think I know we, we talk about this and my my answer changes every week and it always will. But yeah. currently, I don't think we're going to get a Star Wars episode 10. I think that like. Offshoots of movies like Rogue One, Solo, etc. I mean, Rogue Squadron just got shelved for a bit. Uh, who knows? But I do think that with Disney oh Plus, <laughs> you have like it, you have an amount of subscribers. You know your budget. You don't have to meet certain metrics. Like there is more freedom. It seems creatively. And now that Andor is is exploring the idea of no, we can actually go shoot at Pinewood. We can go on location with the television <clears throat> show and use that amount of budget and care. I'm thinking that, is that how we get the new Jedi Temple? Is that how we get the evolution of the Rey, Finn, Poe yeah. storyline? Even if it's not with those characters, I would just love somewhere in the future to go. I think it would be they, a disservice they, yeah. if we didn't have them older. They could have cameos. I mean, give them even cameos. Yeah. Like, Rey yeah. is leader of the, you know, the Jedi Order or something, and she's off on, like, a sabbatical type mission right where she's off studying where you get some glimpses of her maybe and that's kind of it maybe but like yeah i'm totally with you i think that tv is lower risk i think you know disney is not afraid to take as many risks with the with the tv shows like i don't think they're going to do something stupid the way they did with the the sequel trilogy like not putting a black guy on the freaking poster because china's racist i mean yep yeah like screw that screw that stuff that stuff doesn't really happen with tv because it's much more tight like it's harder to push a streaming service in a foreign country than it is just to run a single film right like i think uh maybe they should they should also be paying john boega just reparations money for all of that for forever like the i'm sorry tax we were assholes in china like Let's be yeah, clear. That was that was shitty. I mean, did uh, uh sorry because I'm on this. I've been thinking about this a lot actually because yeah, of, yeah, because, yeah. The, because of that conversation we had with Rise of Skywalker like rose a lot of questions for me that I didn't think we were gonna address for a long time. Um, what did what was the John Boyega D23? Did we ever find anything else about, no, about it was a rumor. that? It was a rumor Nothing. and it wasn't true. It wasn't true. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. I don't know if I missed something in that regard. So nope. He's just making movies. He's in the Woman King uh, that came out this weekend. That looks very good. But he's just making movies, living his life. 
Well, um, um, what's what's his name? Who played Poe Dameron was just in the Oscar Isaac. Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Moon Knight. In, yeah. I'm so bad with names. I'm so sorry. Oscar Isaac was just in Moon Knight, right? So Always he's obviously possible, willing man. to do Disney Plus TV. So I don't know, man. Maybe you're right. Maybe TV is where we get that answer. I, I always thought fun. it might be books, but I think you're probably right. Probably going to be TV. <laughs> Overall, I think the TV future of Star Wars is so exciting. I will also say, for, for that point you just raised, Corey, like the Acolyte, based on that casting, is also showing that they're done shying away from people of color in their shows. They're yeah, like, uh-huh. we're not messing, we're, we're just going forward, we're making right. these amazing shows. And, for everyone listening, to kind of recap everything, if, you, if, you, if all the timeline stuff has gotten even more convoluted somehow, let's end by saying, here is the order of the shows. Wes, I hope you have a paper and pencil. What Charles? We didn't, Charles didn't tell us his era. Oh, Charles, you didn't. Well, you, got, no, you, you guys said, took all the gigantic you? No, gaps. no, no, Charles said, no, you said a thing. No, he didn't. I said a thing. I did not say a thing. All right. But I'll say a quick <laughs> thing. <laughs> Matt, edit that out. I'm kidding. We don't edit the show. I'll say a quick thing. I want more around the Phantom Menace time period because I think that's a smaller gap. Because that's where the pod racing gap. is. <clears throat> that is where the pod racing <laughs> is. You uh, want to know about Master Sifo-Dyas. I want to know more about Sifo-Dyas. I want to see young Dooku. I mean, uh, there's there's definitely story to tell there, but it's a, it's a smaller yeah. time period, and there's been plenty of prequel love. We gotta we gotta mm-hmm. spread it out some. I agree. I think that I mean the prequel kids. We all grew up. We're loving this stuff. They're putting a lot of references. I saw a tweet today that said, "Is Plo Koon's mask in Andor?" Like, there's a thing like. Let's keep our eyes yeah. open, everybody. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a very interesting one. I mean, obviously, I'm such a big fan of Plagueis. I would love for Plagueis to be brought mm-hmm. into some kind of TV project. I mean, honestly, some kind of uh, – it might be interesting to see a show where you get, like, eight episodes and you get, you get like, the previous – it goes in reverse order. We start with Palpatine's rise to power, and then he ends with him telling a story about – Plagueis, maybe, and then we get the next episode That'd is Plagueis' cool. rise to power. Then we get a story with him telling about how he yeah. killed his master, and then then you just keep going backwards. All eight episodes, you see the previous eight Sith. It. That'd be fun. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, if, if good creator, and it's same with books, right? Whenever there's a good creator on a project, we're gonna have fun with it. So give them the free reign to do their thing. We've all we've read the books where we can see the studio notes. And it doesn't work as well. We've read the books where they clearly had free reign to do whatever they wanted, and it's awesome. Same with the shows. So I think going forward, here's your timeline, everybody. Bad Batch. Andor, Obi-Wan, Mando, Mando, Book of Boba Fett. This is the chronological order of where we are. And before we do anything else, guys, I want to ask you a very important question. When are you planning to watch Andor? And are you going to do it all at once? Is this it before work? Is it say before surf and turf? Like, it, like what is <laughs> what is the Andor Who viewing plan? You? Because I said earlier, I took the morning off of work. I'm waking up. I'm turning the phone off. I'm I'm shutting the curtains. Head. I'm doing all three right in a row. No. So I want to know what you guys are gonna do. That's a good question. Uh, Wednesday. What time does it come out for you, Corey? Oh, what shit, time would you be able to watch that. it? That's I don't know. It might question. be out now for Corey. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when does it come out? Actually, it's it's midnight, midnight Pacific. Pacific time, right? So that is yeah, that is 
what, like Three hours 9 p.m.? Yeah, 9 p.m. Wait, no. Yeah. What? Midnight no. Pacific. 9, 10, 9 p.m. 11, on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, that's 9 p.m. on Tuesday is when that will come out. Holy you shit, can just... I can watch that Wait, it's tomorrow. It... I was saying, <laughs> <laughs> also, that's an, and it's an hour 40. It's two hours. You can just watch a movie. <laughs> that's like totally oh reasonable time, actually. Damn, I might just do that. I was <laughs> oh, going to say. I'm glad it's so convenient for you, Corey. Oh, Jeez, everybody else has Corey, to. You're going like, to jump on our Andor Slack channel and be like, guys, did you all watch it? <laughs> I know, exactly. It's like 3 a.m. for everybody. I know. The time thing has been ridiculous. Every morning I wake up with like 300 Slack wow. messages. And- but real talk, that's. That's yeah, I guess idea. I'm going to do that tomorrow. So it's, I guess that's tomorrow as a itinerary. I'm going to go do a helicopter tour. We're going to go have a nice dinner. I'm going to come home and freaking watch Andor. That's what I'm going to do. Damn it. <laughs> well, uh, I am I am waiting tomorrow evening, probably somewhere around 9 p.m. Wednesday. So hold 24 hours from mm. you, Corey. Okay. I'm going to um, I'll DM you just work out in, take a shower, <laughs> climb into bed. I might let the dog up. The dog never comes into bed with me because he sheds. But this might be an exception. He might jump up He's there with made me a cuddle. and we'll watch two hours. Yeah, That's yep, right. Absolutely. That's right. A dog. That's <laughs> yeah. cuddling. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you, Wes. I'm going to be dodging spoilers all day. I'm going to put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I'm going to duck out all the Slack channels, all the You're Discord channels. It's yep. going to be a, yeah. a Wednesday evening watch for me. Yeah. Excellent. And for everyone listening again, uh, well, hopefully you already watched <clears> it. But everyone watching uh, – all the recommendations say try to do all three at once. I know it's a big ass. It should be less than two hours. Treat it like a movie night and just indulge. We're not going to get this kind of release very often. From here on out, they're one a week. But let's let's really enjoy our first proper Star Wars movie in like three years. I think that's super fun. Yeah. Wow, that's um, a cool thought. Yeah. And I do want to say now we're, we're, we're finalizing the times, but uh, Bounty Hunt is planning to come back this weekend. So we are going to be going over the first three episodes in one chunk on an episode of Bounty Hunt this Saturday or Sunday. We'll post um, Twitter. We'll do Discord channels. We'll, we'll figure out when we're going to do it. We did the first two episodes of Obi-Wan, or first three episodes of Obi-Wan that way. So if Andor is supposed to be in one chunk, it, it seems only fitting. So stay tuned uh, for our thoughts. And next week on the main show, though, we will be going back into Book World, my friends. Uh, I mean, we'll tell you what we thought about Andor a little bit at the beginning. We, we won't be able not to, but we're doing Princess and the Scoundrel next week. Part one of our roundtable uh, with Beth Revis. Of course, our interview with Beth Revis is on our audio uh, podcast feed. So go make sure to listen to that beforehand. Our reviews are on the site. But uh, I can't wait to dive into this one. And I guess, uh, I don't know, fellas. It's weird signing off for the for the first time before... A new Star Wars TV new show, show. New show alert. New show. Oh, new no, show coming. Real. Real. Ah. Doesn't feel, it doesn't real. feel real. <laughs> Cassie. All right. And with that, my friends, I will say Cassie and Ander. And that'll do it uh, for this week's episode of The Living <laughs> Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you so, so much. We hope you're enjoying the Asheville documentary. Thank you for all the positive feedback. Keep letting us know what you want to see, and we'll make it for you. A special thank you goes out to Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, Robert Thomas, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier, Sally and Chris Eilerson, and Ashley, our newest person on our Alliance High Command, for their amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey's at Corey M. Helton. Charles is at C. Hankel. Wes is at Boss Wes. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, and Wes for potting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. And as always, may the force be with you. 
There is no hatred, there is joy. There is no division, there is union. There is no apathy, there is passion. There is no gatekeeping, there is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.